Uh, happy Fourth of July, everyone, and uh, thank God we're all here. Amen. And thank God that uh, we are able to be together in this place. Uh, we've been talking about relationships, and we've been talking the last few weeks about relationship, our relationship with our money, our finances, and we're going to continue in that today for a few minutes. Um, so we've already talked about. Uh, uh, different things to check when it comes to our money, our relationship with money. Uh, the first couple of weeks, and you might want to go back and check this out, we talked about checking your health. Uh, first of all, that's just simply kind of checking where we're at with our money, that we have a responsibility. We need to take responsibility. We are just uh, caretakers of the finances that get released to us, right? And any kind of resources, the gifts that we're given, not just our finances, but this life we're given, we're caretakers of that. And um, we don't own any of that, but, but uh, we do want to honor God with, with whatever we have, right? Then we talked about checking your past, that nothing probably has a greater influence on the way we approach our finances than our past. So, uh, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, it was probably good, bad, or ugly. The training you've received along the way from different uh, modes, mainly that was probably the way we were raised in the house we were raised in, but other ways we've been kind of mentored when it comes to finances. We're certainly cult uh, culturally mentored, which um, in general probably isn't real good, but uh, take the good, the bad, and the ugly and pay attention to it and learn from that and grow from that, right? And then there's checking our mindset. And we talked about that there's basically two different mindsets when it comes to money. There's a scarcity mindset. So there's a mindset that it's like if you get blessed, that takes something from me. That's a scarcity mindset that somehow, um, if I'm generous, for instance, uh, with you, that somehow uh, that, will, uh, that will take away from me ultimately or my family or whatever. Um, but the scripture really gives us more of an abundant mindset that literally when we're generous, it kind of, we talked about it creates like a vacuum in our life, a vacuum for God's abundant provision. So anytime you and I are generous, that is an abundant mindset. When we're generous, when we're generous with our life, our time, our talents, resources, that literally, according to the scripture, creates this space where God can move in and do wondrous things in our lives and does that all the time, right? And then we talked last week about checking our heart and we just said, uh, is there not a cause? And we talked about paying attention to passion and desire in our own life. What is the cause when it comes to uh, the resources that have been released in your life? We talked about corporately, Crossroads Church, some of the things that have been a cause for us over the last 30 years and will remain a cause. And there's causes that come and go in our life. But it's around this issue of desire and passion to do the will of God with the resources we have. So is there not a cause? And we challenge one another just to pay attention to what are those things that your heart kind of breaks and aches over that maybe you want to uh, pay attention to and sow resources in. We cannot do everything, but we can all do something. And when we do that, God does amazing miracles. And I just want to talk to you about one thing this morning, and that is check check your attitude. Now, I'm not going to read through the whole scripture that we've been reading. I'm just going to read a portion of it, the portion I want to pay attention to this morning. But uh, for those of you that this is your first week maybe of hearing this, 
I just want to encourage you to read the whole of this portion of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 14. We're just going to go 10 through 12 today, okay? So um, I'll, I'll go ahead and read that. Or Ron, can you put up the whole Scripture and we'll read 10 through 14. And then we're going to, oh, there are, you can go back. You had it. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's it. All right. So we're going to talk about checking our attitude, that we all have an, a posture. We have an approach when it comes to finances. And this scripture talks a lot about our approach, our, our attitude uh, when it comes to scripture. This is what Paul says. Now, he who supplies seed, everyone say seed, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, say bread, so there's two things that are supplied, seed and bread, okay? For food, will also supply and increase, say increase, your store of seed and will enlarge, say enlarge, the harvest of your righteousness. Now, this is just not a USA gospel. This is the gospel, or this is the word, right? It says um, that, that there will be increase and there will be an enlargement of harvest, and there's also supply. Okay, you can go ahead, Ron. I'm sorry. Uh, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing, say overflowing, in many expressions of thanks to God. I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes when it comes to our attitude around our finances about the power of thanksgiving and the power of gratitude. Maybe more appropriately, as, as described by this scripture, the power of appreciation. What does that do when we posture ourselves, when it comes to the supply in our life, and we approach it with gratitude, thanksgiving, and appreciation? What does that release in our life? And how can we make sure that that is expanding, ever-expanding in our lives? Some things I've noticed about people that I really admire when it comes to the way they've approached the resources that have been released in their life over the many years that I've been a Christ follower is this issue of gratitude and thanksgiving and appreciation. That they seem to always be paying attention to the, the, the provision of God, the miraculous supply of God, no matter what the measure is. They're not all wealthy people that I'm talking about. They're not all rich people. It's just people kind of like the woman uh, that brought up her, the widow's might, the widow that brought up her might, what is common? What is, what is that thing? It's this uh, piece of gratitude, the approach and the attitude of gratitude and appreciation. What it, uh, if you were to scale it at, at, the, at the top level, what I've seen at the, at the level of um, people that seem to be living fully into this, or at least pursuing this really well, maybe not living fully into it, but in a pursuit of it really well, is they have this sense of all things are possible when it comes to God and God's supply in my life. They have this sense of that there is not just bread, 
but there is also seed. There's bread in your life, there's seed in your life. There's the provision for you and I to consume, that's the bread released into our lives. It is a good thing for you to be blessed. It is a good thing for God to provide for you and your family. That is a blessing. That are, there is bread on your table and mine for us to eat. That's God's provision, right? But there's also seeds, some of what gets released in our life. And this group of people seem to have this understanding. They really are like spiritual farmers when it comes to finances. They understand that they are always planting for a future harvest, And they're always paying attention to harvest. I hear them talk about things like the miracles that happen in their life around their finances and the increase that happens. They seem to be attuned to it. They seem to be able to live in the presence, the bread, the bread moment, the the provision of this moment. But they also have this sense that there is a future to come that they can't wait to participate in. And they understand that the way I participate in that is I have to plant seed. On the other end of the, the, the scope or the spectrum is this place of helplessness or learned helplessness. It's this place, we've already talked about it, this place of scarcity. And I would put before you that it's a place of only understanding that bread is provided for you. And when it comes to seed, it becomes really difficult to sow into the future and it becomes cyclical, and, it, and you can get trapped in it, and it becomes harmful. It is not God's intent for any of us to live in this place of only a bread mentality, where anything that comes my way is for me and my family to consume, and none of what comes my way is for me to plant for a future harvest. Not only plant for a future harvest for me and my family, but plant for a future harvest for others. This is kind of the definition. One person says this is the definition of poverty. Poverty is simply single generational wealth. Everything I take in is for me. Nothing is transgenerational. Nothing is for any other people's. Nothing is to be shared. And it becomes a trap. And you really do get a mindset of helplessness because the thing that gets us to this other space is to enjoy planting seed and seeing God do miracles and multiply that, right? So anyway, let me give you three kind of keys, or I'll call them practices, for improving our financial attitude. I just want to go over these real quick. The first one is practice itself. Um, The scripture says here, it says that, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply increase of your store of seed and enlarge your harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Practice. Everyone say practice. Now, we understand this this morning already. Claire led us in... uh, giving offering. Some of us give online. Some of it, not everybody's going to the basket. We get that. Some of us do it in different ways. But all of us kind of, we pay attention to that moment. We pray over what God has given to us. It's a moment of appreciation. It's not only a moment of generosity, it's a moment of appreciation, right? Out of the abundance given to me, I now give, and God's going to release blessing to other people. We trust that God's going to do things for people in the community, 
The scripture says not just for those in the body of Christ, but for those abroad, and it will result in thanksgiving to God, right? So we get that when it comes to things like offering. We do that when we sing. Uh, Psalm 34 says, Oh, come magnify the Lord and let us exalt his name forever. We get that. We get that when we appreciate God, when we magnify God. God's not getting bigger, but God's getting bigger in our understanding. When I pray and I bless and I release finances, I give thanks, or I simply appreciate what I've been given, it all of a sudden appreciates in my life. In other words, whatever I appreciate, appreciates. Say it after me. Whatever I appreciate, appreciates. One more time, whatever I appreciate, appreciates. If I want a better marriage, I should appreciate my marriage. If I want a better relationship with my friends, I should appreciate my relationship with my friends. If I want to see my finances more healthy, I need to appreciate my finances. What I have been given, gratitude, thanksgiving, the practice of gratitude. You guys have heard this till you're probably bored about it, um, but... You know, Claire has mentioned, and I've mentioned at times how when we pay our bills, when I go to the mailbox, I pray over every bill. And bills we pay online, there's not a lot of them, but I do it a little bit. But I, I pray about it. And, and this principle is the, the principle of appreciation. And what I'm praying is blessing over, for instance, the people that work at Consumers Energy, I pray blessing over the companies that we're paying because somehow God is providing for our family and we have resources to pay the bill for our mortgage, perhaps, or our, our vehicle that we're driving or the food that we eat. And or the, I, I thank God for the post office and things that we so can easily take for granted. But it's the practice of appreciating. It's the same thing as when you put into an offering. Thank you, God, that you gave us resources to give to your kingdom work on the earth. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave our family somehow, some way, the resources that we could have drinking water in our home, which not every person on the planet has. Thank you for the miracle of that. I appreciate the fact that my wife and I don't have to go down to the riverside to bail water out of a river to try to get water for our children and then boil it or whatever else we have to do. I appreciate that, Lord. I thank you. I have gratitude. So the first place we start when, when uh, we want to talk about thanksgiving and gratitude is the practice of appreciation. Now, that's a practice that Claire and I do, but that's not necessarily a practice that works for you. Blessing the, those companies when you pay the bills, uh, you know, thanking God for your appliances. When one breaks do down, thank God for the ones that you still have, that you didn't lose all of them at once, right? Thanking God for what you have. Practice, practice. Everybody say practice. Practice. When was the last time you paid attention and appreciated and gave thanks for those vehicles that God uses because of the finances you've been given 
in your life to bless you and your family. The second thing is to rejoice. Paul talks about this whole issue of celebration. He talks about uh, thanksgiving. The word thanks and thanksgiving is used in this, these portions of Scripture a few different times. Now, we know that in the Lord's, what we know as the Lord's Prayer, it's give us this day our daily bread. Rejoice, give thanks for any income that comes your way. When, for instance, was the last time you considered when your employer gave you a paycheck to be really thankful for it? When it, when it was put into your account or the check was placed in your hand? Thank you, God. This moment for this income. Now, I have seen the other, especially when I used to be an electrician, I had folks that I worked with, they weren't real thankful. When they would get their paycheck, there were some of them that would say, I don't get paid enough. And it's the exact opposite of that is the invitation when you're talking about a gratitude or a thanksgiving for what we're given. Give thanks for all and any of your income, your paycheck, if you own a business, any business deal you make, uh, if you have money in the bank, any kind of uh, interest that you're given, give thanks for the increase on your life. If you have investments, some of you uh, don't even think about checking your investments. You might have a 401k through work, and it's going up every year, perhaps. It's going up every year, and you haven't even thought about how grateful uh, or what you might release in your life to just say, thank you for that income. Thank you for that increase. Thank you, God, that my house is worth $50,000 more, perhaps, than it was a year ago. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that, um, or the unseen income that happens in our life. I have a 40-year-old tractor that I bought from our nephew Isaac not too long before he passed away. Bought it for, I didn't buy it 40 years ago, but it's 40 years old. And he sold it to me for $800. It's now I've had it, I don't know, maybe 12 years or so. Every time I get on that, that tractor, I think, I am making money. And Ryan's helping me make money by fixing it every time it needs to be fixed. But I think I'm making money every time I'm on this tractor because I'm not driving that really nice tractor the next door neighbor has. And I, there's two things working in me. It breaks envy, right? God bless you if you have a new tractor. But my tractor's a moneymaker every time I get on it. Anyway, the unseen streams of income. Asset appreciation, cars. I was talking with uh, Mike Searles last week. We were talking about, we're old enough to remember, you know, cars are a lot more expensive, aren't they, than when I was 18. That was a couple months ago. Anyway, they're a lot more expensive. But one of the things that doesn't get talked about a lot was I remember the big deal it was if your car made it to 100,000 miles. I mean, we just had a party. We went to the, that's where Dairy Queen made all their money, was families would go to Dairy Queen, go to the ice cream place to celebrate. Your car has now lasted to 100,000 miles. Thank you, God, that I have things that aren't falling apart and wearing out. Sometimes it's not so much that way with my body, but man, the other mechanical things are great, Right? But my body, that just gives me more reason to give thanks for clothing to cover the things that are wearing out. Anyway, that's another, that's another talk. And lastly, remember. So the power of practice when it comes to thanksgiving and appreciation, 
the power of rejoicing. Thank you, God. Thank you that I'm getting a half percent interest on my bank account, which isn't gigantic, but I thank you for the increase. Thank you for that. I rejoice over it. And then remember, and I think this is the most important thing when it comes to finances and appreciation. And I think it's most important to remember that there are many things in your life and mine that are much more valuable than money. If you spent five minutes, maybe tomorrow, I know today you'll be out celebrating or whatever, doing something with family, I don't know what you got planned, but maybe tomorrow or this week, spend five minutes and just say, I'm going to write down a list of the things in my life that are so much more valuable than money. How many things could we come up with? Relationship with Jesus, your soul, your family, your spouse if you're married, your friends, a faith community, your health, your mind, peace, Faith, hope, love is more valuable than money. Your strength is a bit more valuable than money. Your breath. Let's go ahead and breathe in right now. That's more valuable than any money that you and I will ever have. Longevity, endurance, your reputation more valuable than money, your integrity, your honesty, your loyalty, grace. Just say that with me, grace. So much more valuable than money. Forgiveness. The forgiveness we get from God and the forgiveness we're able to extend to one another and the forgiveness we receive from others. Kindness, generosity, respect, dignity, prayer, accomplishment, honor. Your education is worth more than money. Your life experience is worth a lot more than money. Doing good, courage, discipline the gifts of God in your life your calling gratitude's better than money thanksgiving better than all the money in the world appreciation and your freedom Jesus died to give you and I. It's worth more than all the money ever dreamed of or will ever be brought to bear. See, the truth is, is money seems to be just kind of those candy speckles on the top of the icing of the cake in your life and mine. It's such a gift, isn't it? 
But there's so much more that is worth so much more. The truth about you and me is if all of us had no money, we would still have so much to be grateful for. So much to be thankful for and so much to appreciate. So on this day, as we celebrate, as Paul says here, at the end of this portion of Scripture, thanks be to God for the indescribable gift. Let's be a people that live with deep appreciation. Let's be a people that consider how many gifts in our life are worth so much more than money. See, our culture would tell us that there's nothing more valuable than money. And that's not true. You know it and I do too. Just as soon as we take a moment to even think about it. We want to care for it. We want to steward well. We want to appreciate it. We want to give honor to God by the way we use it. But let's remember there's so much more that is so much more valuable than money. So I want to pray. I was prompted this as Claire was leading us in worship. I want to pray into what you might perceive as some lack in your life. It might be money. It might be finances. It might be your health. It might be something in your body that's not well. Maybe it's a loved one that you're really concerned about. Maybe it's a, a job situation you're in pursuit of. I don't know. We all come with needs. We all have needs. We all have things that we would say their lacks in our life. Maybe for some of us, it's like, I, I, I want my mind to be less troubled or more clear. I want to be able to think more clearly. I feel like I'm forgetting things. And I want to pray into those spaces so you know what that is for you. And I want you to just think of that, at least one thing. And I want you to think about that and we're going to pray appreciation into those spaces. We're going we're gonna to thank God for what we do have. For instance, let me give you an example. If you have heart trouble, physical heart trouble, and you've been praying for that, for healing, and I encourage you to continue to do that, and I, I'll, I'll be praying with you, Claire will be praying with you, our intercessory team will pray with you. We'll all pray for one another for those things. But I want to pray into what you do have that helps you try to continue on with that heart trouble. And we're going to thank God for your heart. And we're going to appreciate it. We're going to pray and thank God for your mind. And we're going to appreciate it. We're going to appreciate what we do have and then ask God to bring appreciation to what we appreciate. Only God can do that. He gives seed to the sower. He gives bread for us to eat. 
God somehow can multiply in the places of our need. So all around this room, anybody online, I want you to think about those, that thing, one thing. Let's think about one thing. Now, God, we're all bringing to you these places in our life that feel like lack, things that are troubling us, things that seem like they just haven't been right. And God, we thank you for what you have given us. If it's our body, we thank you for the things that are working in our body. And then those places that don't seem to be working too well, we so appreciate. We give you thanks. Thank you for our body. Thank you for our mind. Thank you for our relationships. Thank you for our pursuit for accomplishments. And God, into those spaces, we speak appreciation. Even in the places that seem like they're broken, we appreciate the way that those spaces in our life have so blessed us and served us over our lifetime. And we want you to know that we're thankful even though there's some spaces that may not seem to be working fully, and we just thank you for that and ask you to move in because it's only you that can heal that space. You are able, God. Spirit come. you to follow that up. I want you just to live in appreciation. Live in appreciation for those spaces in your life. The reason that we feel lack is because God has so blessed us in those spaces, right? And then all of a sudden when those things get tweaked, it's like, oh my. We're going we're gonna to move into that space and just thank God for what he's given us. And I believe God's going to do something phenomenal in our lives this week. God bless you guys. Love you so much. And all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so. Good.
of the goodness of God. And can we sing? We will sing. We will sing of the goodness of God. One more time. We will sing as a community. We will sing of the goodness of God. Come on, we will sing. We will sing of the goodness of God. So may goodness and mercy follow you all the days of this week, all the days of your life. And every time you turn around, you say, your goodness is running after me, your goodness and mercy. May God bless you with freedom and and celebration and uh, the love of God, which binds it all together. Have a great 4th of July. Sorry we don't have any fireworks. (laughs) Should have thought about that. (laughs) All right, y'all. Have a wonderful day.